Here's something I've been loving on my run lately, Curex. Curex is a leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex, your body will thank you too. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast focused on training and racing and endurance events. I'm Dimity McDowell, the co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Today, we're looking forward to a conversation with Amanda Brooks, who you likely know around social media as Run to the Finish. Originally from Kansas City, but now a Denverite, Amanda ran her first half marathon in 2002 and hasn't looked back. She's run over 20,000 miles. Probably we need to correct that fact check that one, probably gone a lot more by now, Um, become a personal trainer and certified running coach and recently released her first book, Run to the Finish, the everyday runner's guide to avoiding injury, ignoring the clock and loving the run. So welcome, Amanda. Glad to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be chatting with you. Awesome. So, so 20,000 miles, is that where you are these days or is that a, a conservative estimate? Yeah, it's probably closer to maybe 22, maybe 23 now. I'd have to go do all the math again. <laughs> right. That's fun math to do though, right? Right. It is. I love looking back at that. It's kind of insane to think about. Yeah, totally. All right. So let's start with your book. Um, So first of all, congratulations on writing it and getting it released because it's a marathon of a different kind, right? Yes. So it's very funny. I loved writing the book, which for a lot of people is the painful part. Sure. It was everything that happened after that, that I was like, oh, this was way more than I expected. (laughs) The end. That's the thing is you put it out in the world. And then honestly, I think for people who enjoy writing, then the hard work begins of keeping yes. it, you know, marketing and doing events and that kind of thing, right? Yes, so much. And then, of course, as you know, because we were hoping to meet up here in Boulder, I was one week into book tour when the world shifted. So that changed the whole game plan. <laughs> I know, I know. And I feel, I mean, my heart literally breaks for you because I know, A, it's really kind of fun, right? I mean, we say it's hard work. It gets, it becomes harder work as the months drag on and kind of keeping it in the public eye, but it's really fun. It's like a new baby, right? And so that happened to you. It happened to our good friend, Adrian Martini, who wrote a book about called Someone's Gotta Do It. And, you know, it was just all the momentum stopped, right? So tell us a bit about, I mean, how that hit you and, you know, and how you're doing now. Um, Yeah. So- Initially, it was. It was such a a mental blow as much as anything because it was like I just had all this energy rolling in one direction. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, well, now what? I don't know. I don't have a different plan. <laughs> so. yeah. No, and you really did. We were going to do a run, like a group run up at the Boulder Running Company and then do a live podcast. So, I mean, that's that's a really fun way to spend your Saturday morning, right? So Yeah. And I had that, I had like 10 more cities lined up. Um, so then obviously it's also just kind of that like, okay, how do I get some of that money back for all those travels that weren't going to happen now? Um, so then shifting like, okay, well that's not happening. 
So what do I do now? And I think it was just like a lot of runners were like, oh, well, that race is not happening. So what do I do now? And I just had to do that like in a business sense. Sure, sure. Well, good for you for for pivoting. Um, but back up a little bit and give us an overview of Run to the Finish. Um, it's not your typical performance, how to PR in a marathon book, right? Yes. So the longer I've been kind of on this journey of writing about running and talking to runners, I just kept getting this sort of feedback from people that they felt left out. And I couldn't figure out why, because they were right in the middle. Like they were the average runner. And yet for some reason felt like they were left out. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) we need to talk about this. Like the middle of the pack is the majority. Most people are not as fast as you think. You're not as slow as you think. And and it's totally fine for you to go out and run just because you enjoy the run. We always have this like, oh, I have to be training for something. And I certainly had that when I started because everyone asks you, <laughs> what are you? Yeah. Yeah. Your non-running friends are like, what are you doing? So kind of getting to that point of like, I just want to run for me and I want to figure out how to get better, but like not be stressed out about getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your first couple of chapters, I mean, it was interesting um, when I read it, which um, it was a fun read. Um, but like, I like that you didn't start with, you know, the typical, like you started with how to avoid injury. That wasn't your first chapter, but it was up there though. It was the first, first third, right? Yeah. Um, And the other one, what was the second one about? It was kind of about motivation or what motivates you. Yeah. So a lot around like that mindset kind of getting out of that negative voice. And then, yeah, if you don't have a race, finding those pieces, finding your why, um, which was sort of amusing to me in retrospect that I wrote this well before everything changed. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. Well, so how, let's talk about how's your own personal running, um, been going over the past. So we're talking in late July. So we're looking at, is this five months we're into the pandemic? Or I know. I, I try not to count. Um, <laughs> so interestingly enough, I am running more miles than I probably have in the last five plus years. Um, yeah. And I've always kind of had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do an ultra at some point, but it was like, oh, this is the year of the book. So it's definitely not this year. <laughs> now I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, I've got my mileage up. So I think I'm probably just going to try to do one solo and like say that I can do it. Probably sometime September, October is the goal. Nice. Nice. And do you, so is, you're thinking of 50 K, is that right? Yep. I'm, I'm not going to go crazy. I just want to like, can I run that far? End of story. <laughs> Hard stop at 31 miles. Yes. <laughs> you have a route picked out. So you, you live in, in Denver, right? Or do you live in Boulder? Or? So we just moved up to close to Boulder. Um, so we are up that way now. Um, I haven't picked out a route yet. I'm kind of back and forth on like, do I make it easy on myself or do I like challenge myself? And I feel like 31 miles is already the challenge. So I could pick an easiest route. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, and I was going to ask you actually, but since we're talking about it, I wanted to get your take on virtual races because, you know, you, you are, you just talked about it now. You want to make sure that you know, not adding pressure to something that you love for its purity and enjoyment. And it sounds like your ultra is going to be definitely going the distance and just having a day, which sounds fun. But I mean, you also coach athletes and I'm curious um, what, uh, 
what's your take when they want to do virtual races? I love it when they want to do it and it's a motivating factor for them to stick to the plan. I think it works really well in like the 5k, 10k, sometimes up to the half distance. I feel like over that, a virtual is so hard to mentally get yourself in that headspace of I'm going to push myself all by myself for 26 months. I mean, it's hard to do it when there are thousands of people around you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, um, so you, have you had a lot of athletes do virtual races? Some of them, I feel like the majority have kind of just shifted to this, like, okay, I just want to use this time to figure out how to be a stronger, better runner. And so mm -hmm. doing the things that we all know we should do that we skip a lot of the times. <laughs> well, and there you go. That's a perfect segue to my next question for you. So, um, you know, it seems like your perspective has evolved from running all the time, doing all the miles and kind of just hoping that would be enough to being very conscientious about prehab, rehab, strength training, nutrition. You cover all those um, in your book. So uh, all the, you're looking at all the things that kind of complement your running. So let's talk about some, like which, which one do you feel like makes the biggest difference or has, first of all, made the biggest difference for you. And then let's talk about what you emphasize for your athletes. And it might be one and the same, but. Um, yeah, I think this concept of prehab. Um, so like many, many runners, I had a point where I got IT band syndrome because I was trying to just run as fast as I could all the time. And then I was out of running for six months. And in that time, I was like, whoa, I need to run. It is such a part of my life and I don't want to go down this road again. And so I got very habitual and very consistent with that idea of how do I make sure I'm working my glutes and my hips all the time? And so I worked it into a dynamic warm up. So that's kind of the thing people hear me preach a lot is like, you must warm up before every run. And once that becomes a habit, it's so easy to just work in those things that are going to take care of your hips and glutes. So you don't have to think about another thing to do at another day. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, so talk us through, so you're about, say you're going to go out for, a five or six easy mile run, um, easy five or six mile easy run, or an yeah. easy run, one of the two. <laughs> and uh, so, talk about the dynamic warm up you do prior to that. Yeah, so I almost always do a lunge matrix. So that's where you're kind of lunging in all different directions. And we know that that is helping to kind of hit the hips from multiple directions um, and just strengthen those legs, especially because we always run forward. And so that multi-directional is really useful. Then I will usually do either some clamshells or hip bridges. So more stuff to kind of activate, then move into leg swings. Um, and I've started adding in more drills lately. So skips or marches, things to kind of reinforce that good running form. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really useful. I don't know why I haven't been doing that a lot longer. Um, so I'm pushing that on everyone now too. <laughs> good, good. Well, and so, and do you do that in your house, in your driveway before that, like, because I'm thinking clamshells and I'm immediately like, okay, that works maybe for, you know, a couple months out of the year, but you know, wet leaves or snow or something like that. When, like, how do you do it? 
Yeah, I will do a lot of the warm up usually inside. And then if I'm driving somewhere or going outside, I'll just make sure I walk for like, I usually tell myself like a half mile before I start running. And that kind of additional piece of the warm up. Um, there was a really cool study that I cannot find the link to now about how it actually helped with endurance later in the run if you did that little bit longer warm up. Um, mm -hmm. And I've seen it help athletes that I've coached too. So I kind of do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, and so um, go, just go back to the actual exercises. How long does it take you? Because even though we're all, you know, have these days that last for <laughs> crazy amounts of time, I feel like we still don't have enough time, right? So true. Um, so I can get it done in five to 10 minutes. It's certainly there are days where it takes me more like 20 because I keep adding like, oh yeah, I should probably do that exercise too. So I would say the average is like five to 10 on the dynamic stuff and then heading out to walk and get started. Um, but if I feel like something has been a little off or something is bothering me a little bit, then the warm up starts getting progressively longer. Sure. Well, that's awesome. I think, I mean, if you take nothing away from this podcast, I think that warm up. I mean, you talk about it in your book about how, you know, a softball player just doesn't get on the mound and start pitching, right? Or, um, you know, volleyball players just don't start, you know, spiking the first thing that they do on the court. They do warm up. And some, so for some reason, we don't think we need it, right? Yeah. It's so fascinating the way we look at running compared to any other sport. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, even in, I've been riding my bike a lot and, um, you know, a lot of the warmups, you know, you do, um, like quick spins with your legs or, you know, a little bit of climbing or whatever, but, but you just don't, just don't start exactly at the pace that you're going to start at for your try to stay at. Right. Yep. Yeah, totally. I recently started wearing a new model of running shoes and I really like them. Then I substituted Curex run pro insoles for the flimsy factory insoles and my feelings for the shoes switch from like to love. Curex insoles provide flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. Before, the shoes felt a tad bit sloppy, now I feel at one with them. Curex is the leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support, whatever your arch height. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three options, high, medium, and low. They have a thin, non-bulky profile, yet deliver maximum support and comfort. I'm no longer putting in marathon training miles, yet as a middle-aged runner, I usually have some body part or another talking to me. Yet this morning, as I was pulling on my running clothes, I realized I'm currently 100% pain-free. Knock on wood. I think running on Curex insoles is a big reason. Try Curex insoles for yourself, risk-free, today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex dot U-S. Okay, well, so the other thing that you talk about, we talk about a lot of good things in Run to the Finish, but one of the things that you bold, which I then underlined, was one change at a time. Um, so why just one and kind of talk about how you help implement that with, um, with athletes you coach. This is something that was, I felt like a game changer for me when I started realizing there were things I wanted to change, say nutrition, or I wanted to get better at doing my warm up. 
we almost always are really excited about, I'm going to do this thing. And so we find a plan and we're next week, I'm going to eat completely different. <laughs> yeah. And it lasts for like one meal and then your brain is overwhelmed and you're overwhelmed and you miss things. So this idea of like one small habit at a time, I loved because I realized pretty quickly, oh, after I've done this thing for a week or two, I don't even have to think about it anymore. I just do it out of habit. And if I don't have to think about it, then that's one less decision I have to make. It's so easy to maintain. And now it's really easy to build on that. Um, it's just been, in terms of getting anyone to kind of get to their path, it seems like they get there with so much less stress. Sure. So, so talk about like, so if like kind of give us a real world example, so maybe dynamic warm up. I'm, I really want to try to do that. I know that I need to do that. So would you start with like, maybe just a couple move like a couple moves and then build from there? Or tell me like if, if you had an athlete that wanted to, to start there. Yeah. So usually it's, I don't have enough time. What's most important. And so Maybe I'll just say, cool, this week, I just, before any run you do, walk for five minutes. Okay. Cool. So they do that one thing. All right. A couple weeks in, they're like, oh, that's going pretty well. Cool. So maybe could you just do like 10 leg swings on both legs and then do your walk? And it just keeps kind of building. And I think because then you get reinforcement, like, gosh, you know what? My legs actually felt better. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Right. Yes. Well, and that's also, then you can also see what is making the difference because if you do change, okay, I'm going to do strides and I'm going to do, you know, prehab and I'm going to foam roll and all these things. And you're like, well, what's the, what's the one that's, what's the turnkey one? And maybe they all are, they probably all are, but it's nice to have that validation, right? It is. It's so true. I think that even when like we start adding in speed work, like maybe hills is what's actually really working for someone versus like them trying to do sprints. But you're right. If we kind of do everything all at once, there's a little bit of, I don't know which thing maybe fatigued you or which thing like is leading to the result. So very true. Yeah. 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 Um, this goes along with it. Um, one change at a time. So you're asking your athletes or you do yourself one small thing, you can't phone in consistency. Um, and I, I mean, consistent is like my touchstone word. I think we really we really pounded in around um, another mother runner and you do as well. So talk about why. Yeah. So, and I think this is why I'm so gung ho on the warm up and prehab because that means you're going to stay injury free. We hope things happen. Um, but showing up for your run day after day after day is where we see the progress. I mean, I think it's fascinating when people sort of realize like, elite runners have usually been training for like 10 years before they show up and have that marathon where we're like, Ooh, overnight success. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so, the, but it, it can be hard, right? Um, especially when motivation is lagging and, and you are somebody who is, you know, kind of prompted to head to the starting line that that's what motivates you. So how do you, on those days when you're like, okay, I know that I need to run today, but I don't necessarily have it in me. What do you like? What are some tricks that you use either for yourself or, or people you coach? Yeah. I think one of the oldest ones in the book is I'll just do five minutes. 
Yeah. So you tell yourself like, I don't have to do the whole workout. I just, I'm going to see what happens if I do five minutes. And most days you get started, the endorphins kind of kick in and you're like, okay, I actually do want to do this and you keep going. But there are days where you do those five minutes and that's it. You really don't have it. And then I'm like, great, go home. Maybe you are mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, and you're not going to get anything out of it today. Sure, sure. Um, and then I really loved your segment on gratitude miles. Um, can you explain those for us and, and why you use them? Yeah. So the gratitude mile, um, something I started again years ago when I kind of realized I needed to get myself in a better headspace sometimes. And so that's <laughs> during races is when it works like gangbusters, but also long runs. Um, so turning off the music and really tuning in and just listing everything I can think of that I'm grateful for. And a lot of times people are like, ah, I don't, you know, okay, family, work, cats, kids. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I get very specific. I'm like, man, thank you, big toe. You don't hurt. That's awesome. Thank you, right arm. You are moving exactly as I need you to move. And then it does kind of like, you're going through your body and kind of like, oh, you know what? Nothing actually feels that bad. All these things feel fine. Gosh, I am kind of strong. Um, and that shift in our brain, we know leads to a better workout. I mean, the science around it, smiling helps you have a better run. So if you can kind of make that shift, a lot of times it seems like we also let go of all like that tension and stress around how far I need to run. And suddenly things just kind of start to flow a little better. Yeah. Tuning in. So how often do you do that? I'm curious. Usually at minimum, I do it during my long run every week. Um, but then because the miles have been a little longer in general, um, usually a little more often lately. Um, I used to do it every single run um, for many years and then I think just because I kind of got into a flow, I haven't done it quite as much for sure. weekdays. And do you give it to athletes you coach? Mm -hmm. So especially if I feel like they're going through kind of a tough spot for some reason, um, or when their miles are getting longer and they're nervous about them, um, it's such just a good way to get out of thinking about how far you have to go and just refocused on like, okay, this is fine. You know what? Things are fine. <laughs> sure. And are you mostly just in your body or do you go out into the other world? Like people that are supporting you or love you or you love or whatever? Or yeah. I'll take it out to everything. Okay. Nice. Nice. I really, I love that idea. Um, okay. And then I also, I, I love a lot of things, <laughs> um, but your perspective on food. Um, I saw an Instagram post that you did that said some foods feed the body and some feed the soul. Um, and it feels like a really good balance for us, especially as we need, you know, I think we, as runners, we can get obsessed with intake and carbs and protein and fat and all that kind of stuff. So talk a little bit about how you think about your nutrition and how it both like fuels your running, but also, you know, um, keeps you a happy person. Yeah. I think a lot of us kind of start running for weight loss. It's like a key reason. And so then we do, we get kind of obsessive about food in the same way we are with like tracking our runs. And I was certainly that way at one point. And I realized like it was making me miserable to just think about food all the time. 
Um, and so initially I had kind of made the mental shift to like, what can I think about that's going to make me feel good? So I started thinking about how many fruits and vegetables can I eat? Um, and that was for me, just this huge mental shift. I wasn't, okay, I shouldn't eat this and I shouldn't eat that. It was focused on what can I eat? Oh, this food makes me feel good. Um, and so now really and truly like I'm consistently thinking like, I want to feel good so that I have the energy to run. I've told myself I have these goals and I want to be able to run this far. So I need to eat enough food to support that. I know if I eat all the junk food, <laughs> those runs don't feel so great. But I also know that having pizza every Friday with my husband makes me supremely happy. And yeah, taking that away would not improve my run or my life in any way. I, you know, we're soul sisters there. Friday night is pizza night around these parts as well. Um, I mean, I could, I, it could be more than Friday nights. If I'm being honest, it could be like four nights a week. Um, but I'm curious. So uh, do you have a, did you have a favorite place in Denver that you went to here? You know, what's so ridiculous is we are literally the people who will just buy a frozen pizza and are just happy to like be at home together eating that frozen pizza. I have gotten him to upgrade from when we very first started dating 17 years ago and he would buy the cheap dollar pizzas. And now we get DiGiorno. <laughs> all right. All right. I was looking for a brand name. We, we, we've gone off a of Red Baron, the Red Baron Tostino's. Yes. Um, what do you like on it? What do you like on your pizza? Mm, I'm pretty big. Like most toppings I'm fine with really actually the only thing I don't want is olives. Really? Okay. Yeah. I can do uh, almost anything else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, well, and so you said in that Instagram post that there's five things you eat daily. <laughs> I mean, you eat more than that, I know, but you nut butter, chicken, steamed vegetables, dark chocolate, and an apple, um, which I think is a nice, like good, you know, bottom layer of your pyramid to start, you know, your nutrition from to build from there. Right. Yeah. Um, so dark chocolate is something that I am learning to love. Uh, so, but I'm not quite, I mean, I, it's fine, right? It's, it's not an M&M's. It's not a Reese's peanut butter cup. Um, so I'm just curious, do you have a brand that you like or a go-to bar that you, um, crave? Um, so the local Boulder brand Choco Love, um, they're a good one. And you know, I honestly switched to dark chocolate when I took out dairy years ago and it did take me a little bit to adjust from like the taste of milk chocolate to dark. Yes. And now, now I love the dark. Okay. All right. And why did you take out dairy? So years ago I was going through a number of like health things with hormones. And one of the things we figured out at the time was dairy and eggs actually really bothered me. And within about two weeks of not eating those, I felt a million times better. So now, like I said, I have my pizza Friday, but otherwise I pretty much keep it out. Okay. Do you, you're not a fan of dairy free cheese? You know, I did it for a while and then I was just kind of like, I don't know. The point was lost for me. <laughs> I've tried with my, like we tried a cauliflower pizza crust and he's like with my husband and he was like, oh, yeah. uh, you, you just eat pizza. Like, don't, you know, don't try to make it. I mean, I respect people that need to, to eat that for a dietary or flavor reasons, but yeah, not so much on the cauliflower crust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. 
Um, okay, so the other thing, a couple, these are just kind of random questions I'm throwing at you. Um, but you said that you save some audiobooks for your long runs. Have you listened to anything lately that you'd recommend, especially as you're kind of thinking ultra? That's a good question. Um, I listened to this whole young adult series. I could not tell you the name of any of the books. I read so much. I literally am horrible about remembering titles. Um, it was kind of a very ridiculous young adult series about like, vampires and things but it just was something i think that was so different it sure. kept me entertained sure are there any that you recommend like when people ask you um maybe something you haven't listened to recently but yeah way back in the day eat pray love like that was like my first audiobook that was like oh i get really into this but rich roll i mean if you haven't read his book, listening to the audiobook while you're running or like Dean's book. So some of these runner books, like it gives you that little bit of like, yeah, yeah, I can go a little farther. Sure. Sure. Totally. Totally. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to connect on was your height because you are another tall uh, runner, right? How tall are you, Amanda? I'm five nine. So I think you still have me beat. Oh, I have you beat by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're not tall. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, you are. But um, Sarah's, I think Sarah's 5'11 and I'm close to 6'4. So, yeah. but so do you have trouble finding clothes or tights or anything? Or are you pretty good overall? It's so much better now than it used to be, but definitely tights. I feel like there's so many that I'm like, I don't think this is supposed to go to my ankles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you, they're capris. That's just kind of the, the look. Yeah. Yes. So the winter tights, it has taken me a little bit to find some that felt like they were long enough. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, cool. Well, so um, do you have run to the finish for your book? I mean, do you have any other plans? Are you going to, do you have plans to restart the book tour when it makes sense? Or what, do you, like, what do you cast us forward a little bit? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, of course, like everyone, I thought, oh, by the fall, I can get going again. Um, so I've got a virtual run club going right now so that at least I can kind of help people come together and have that little bit of community and coaching. Um, but yeah, I still feel like I want to do a book tour. I want to, I love meeting people and running in all these cities. So I'm crossing my fingers and I'm just going to call it like a relaunch next year and say that this year was beta testing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, and do you have any races that you have your eye on in 2021 or any, anything you want to do that? I guess um, since I deferred Chicago, as we all did, um, I'll probably attempt Chicago, which will be the first time I've run in Chicago, that marathon. Okay, nice. And what's your favorite race that you've ever done? The Philadelphia Marathon was a really good one. It wasn't my best race by any means, but I thought it was a great course. The crowd support was amazing. It's a good time of year. So I really, that one was good. Then with the out and back, because the out and back goes from like 16 to 24. That's pretty sparse out there, right? See, I felt like it was pretty... It has been a very long time. So obviously your memory also is like, oh, that was amazing. I've never run it. I've never run it, to be fair. I've biked it alongside people, but it just, it feels like you go from like, you know, the first half marathon is just, you know, wall to wall people and then you're running yeah. Schuylkill. So, but maybe that's also kind of nice. I know that at the turnaround, um, there are people for sure. It's in a little town or a little Hamlet or something. And I think that is part of why I liked it. My husband could bike. And so I got to see him a ton. Normally I kind of have like a, 
at this point, okay, I'll see you like once <laughs> and see you at the finish. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is he still a runner? Is he still running? He will run. Uh, and especially if I sign him up for a race, he'll just trot alongside me like he's been training. Um, but he mountain bikes a ton. Okay, nice, nice. Well, I mean, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, it's, I hope we'll, we'll definitely put all the links to your social media, your website, that kind of thing. And of course, your book in the, the show notes. And um, good luck with everything. And uh, good luck with Ultra. Yeah, thanks so much. Enjoy. Have a good rest of your day. You too.